Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast, the number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. Your host for today, Ivan Pineda, Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Let's start the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast. Today, we're here to talk to you all things Ladies Aguilas. We're going to be recapping that 3-2 win against Atletico San Luis. And then we're, of course, going to be previewing the upcoming game against Cholos. So, as always, let me introduce my co-host for today, Brooklyn's very own AJ. AJ, how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you, Ivan. How about you? How's everything over um, there? Fine. Thursday, we're almost there. Almost done with the week. And, uh, it's almost time to see America play on Saturday, and then of course we got feminine on Monday. So what a great, what a great way to start off a Monday, right? Yes, indeed. Well, uh, of course, it's just going to be me and you today. So quite, uh, quite the special episode here. Uh, unfortunately, our beloved cowboy and uh, New York's favorite resident Christian Rosendo unable to make it today. But still, plenty to talk about me and you. We're going to have quite the heated debate on that second Atlético San Luis goal. Should be an interesting one to hear exactly your thoughts on it. I know we were going a little bit back and forth, so it should be interesting to see what the listeners have to say about that. But AJ, if you're ready to go, let's uh, let's talk all things uh, America Feminine. All right. So, so so as you already mentioned, that um, America Feminine played against um, Atlético San Luis. They've defeated Atlético San Luis with a 3-2 victory, which was really nice. In the first half, we were absolutely dominating Atlético San Luis. He had goals coming from Betty Cuevas, Cieselin Valera, and then in the second half, we got a penalty goal scored by Daniela Espinosa. Though in the second half, it seemed like after the 60th minute, it looked like they kind of fell asleep a bit. Um, San Luis got goals from former America Femini player Lali Hernandez, and then they sh- and then the second goal scored by Atlético San Luis was an uh, great goal. It was top bins by Paula Aleman. So. Luckily, America FME were able to hold on to the 3-2 victory, though it did look really scary at the very end. It seemed like that this team kind of got away with a draw here. Luckily, we were able to defend in the last um, couple of minutes before the match ended. Yeah, no, it was quite the rocky road right there. Uh, I mean, we had a quite the popular man right now, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, definitely. I think there was um, there was quite of a, a scare at at the end to, that you know this ladies team was going to somewhat fumble the bag in that situation. But I think you put it perfectly. You know, the first opening forty five minutes of this match, I think America were completely dominant as they should have been. You know, this was a game in which we knew that they had to get all three points, especially being at home. And I think they did a very good job for those first forty five minutes. And then you said around the sixtieth minute mark, I think you know the ladies again kind of. Kind of like in the game against Cruz Azul, you see this kind of tendency of maybe fatigue playing a factor. I think, you know, some players looked a little bit more winded than others. Um, I think you you saw that the ladies maybe were you know a, a bit complacent about the fact that they were being up, uh, they were up by three goals. So I think they maybe uh, you know took the foot off the gas pedal a little bit and maybe were a little bit more relaxed than they should be. I think this is a perfect opportunity in in a game in which you could have walked away with such an with an even bigger scoreline. I think 
correct me if I'm wrong, AJ, but I think this is a match where the ladies maybe look back at it and are, are a bit disappointed in the way that they ended up winning this one because this is easily a match that you could have walked away with four, five, even six goals. And I think right now it's very crucial. You're looking at the league standings. Some of these teams, you know, they're banking on those goal differentials to kind of be their saviors towards the, the end of the season. Yeah, it's just really rough. Like I like in last week's podcast, I was saying that I'd expect for us, you know, to just go away like with the three zero victory, four zero, five zero, whichever. But like as you mentioned, it seemed like in this second half, it's maybe they get too cocky. But like you said, and maybe it just could be fatigue setting in because you know it's been a while since the women's team have played, so that could be a reason. But then at the same time, considering with the squad that America Femini has, I feel like we should just be winning these games without conceding a single goal. You know, just make things way easier for our defenders and for our goalkeeper to just be able to keep a clean sheet. But it just seems like in the second half, I was always like watching this match, just kind of like wondering, are we falling asleep? Do, are we being really cocky and just like think, yeah, the game's already over. But then like those two goals that Federico San Luis scored, I think it was a wake up call, especially that single coming in the 87th minute. It seemed like everyone was just like, wake up. They could score a third goal, and then that's our um, three points completely gone. We'll just go with one. Especially, uh, it's our first game um, back at home, so I feel like they should have just been closing out easily um, with a three point with um, a three zero victory. But three two, nonetheless, it's three points. But it was like a rocky three points, as um, you mentioned. It was not like the way they really wanted to close this game out. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you know one of our 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 live viewers right now is saying you know. Carlos Diaz, shout out to you. Thank you for watching. Saying an inconvincing win from the Lady Aguilas. You know, we got to do better at closing out games. And I agree with you, Carlos, in that sense that the ladies have to do a much better job at closing this out. You saw that, you know, they were struggling within those last 30 minutes against Cruz Azul. And then they do so again, you know, a, against this uh, Atlético San Luis matchup. I mean, you know, looking at the highlights and, and as you guys are watching this with us right now, I mean, you just see constant defensive mistakes in this, in, in those two Atlético San Luis goals, I mean, Angie, the second goal, which is the one that I wanted to get to you, I think this is the one that you know me and you kind of a, have a little bit of a uh, a different opinion on on at least JD's capacity to be able to save this goal. But first, let's talk about that horrendous mistake from the defender who goes to try to win the ball, but then gets easily punked out by the Atlético San Luis player and kind of hopes and is banking on the referee to call the foul referee doesn't of course and then uh you see the great goal by Dodico San Luis but I mean it's just those moments those key little things that we saw in defense that cost his goals and I think like Carlos said we have to do better at working and closing out these games but I mean what was your opinion on at least this second goal the second goal like understand that the um player had the clear shot on goal but it seemed like Jimena Rios was like really trying her best to get a hold of the attacker and try to stop her, but then she did slip. She did slip as she was trying to defend it. I understand when Pearson did try to um, call with the foul. I thought they just should have just kept the play going until the referee did blow um, the whistle and signal a foul. But then, like seeing how the goal was, like I understand that it was the top corner was top bins. JD probably could have done a better job, but at the same time, it is top, it is going to the corner. And considering like how her height is, it's it's kind of difficult to try into saving a shot like that. But it just seemed there was like a bit of miscommunication right there because like I know Jimena Ruiz was really the only one that was open to trying to defend that goal, and it seemed like everyone else was just leaving that huge gap open. And I guess it's just really just allowing just one defender to finish it off. So I really felt like I think Orehel was right there. She could have maybe like tried to assist 
um, Jimena Rios by going up front with the um to prevent that San Luis player from having a shot at goal. Yeah, no, I mean, you you look at this goal and it's a perfect example of a new defense trying to kind of gel with itself, especially a, a two center back partnership that needs to, you know, take time to kind of bring fruition into this back line. But I mean, you mentioned it perfectly. Jocelyn's right there and she kind of maybe could have tried to do something more. I think she just kind of saw the ball bounce. And I, as a defender, especially in the box, rule number one is you never let the ball bounce no matter what. You get a foot on it, you get a head on it, but you never let that ball bounce. And I think they kind of strayed away from that. And, you know, I think Jocelyn maybe thought, you know, that, you know, Jimena was was uh, was right behind her when in true, she wasn't really right behind. She was behind her, but not that close to be able to get to that ball. So I think clearly there was a defensive mistake right there in, in communication. And then, of course, um, like you mentioned, the goal is, you know, top bins. So I, I find it hard for JD to try to, you know, reach to that uh reach that ball especially like we mentioned her height and then um i like we mentioned i, I think both of the goals I, I don't think jd has any real fault in any of it i think like i mentioned it's kind of just something just switches off in the defense in the meantime and um unfortunately for us you know it's two goals conceded and this was this would have been perfect to get another shutout to get another clean sheet again cement that defensive confidence but um, I think at the end of the day, these ladies did a good job. And I mean, look, we're talking about Jocelyn making a mistake, but at the end of the day, she was voted the best player by the fans uh, for this matchup. And I'm curious to hear your opinion on that, AJ. Do you think Jocelyn deserved to be the you know the player of the match? Oh, most definitely. I looked up some stats from her. So she, as you mentioned, she was um, featured in the best starting 11 for week two of the Liga MX Seminid. She had one block in which she prevented a goal from happening. She recovered one ball. She participated in two goals. So in the first goal, she was at the left-hand side. She actually moved all the way up to give a um, pass to Montserrat Hanad, which Montserrat then did gave uh, Cassandra Cuevas the cross and they head into the goal. And the second one was on the right side, where she gave a pass to Montserrat once again. Montserrat did the back heel pass to Celine Valera, in which then she scored. So it's really nice. And what's a really interesting stat line is she had 91% precision passes. 42, I think, out of the 51 passes she did reached its target, which is really interesting. And then there was a um, heat map to see like where these passes were coming from. It looked like it was coming a lot from the left side, but then you could see at times she would make her way up to the midfield to try to pass out either, either to Veronica Perez or to either give it to Dani Espinosa or to Montserrat Hernandez. It's just really, it's just really interesting to see how a defender like Jocelyn is just able to just get out of her um, uh, position as a defender, as if like telling her other three defenders in the goal, like just stay right there. I'm gonna make a play, so just keep it safe there. And she really, and she actually then is able to connect the pass to her teammates, which either can lead to a play happening or to actually to the goals, like she did with those two participations. So it's really well deserved for Jocelyn Arrehead to be get, uh, to be named a part of the best starting eleven for week two. I agree with you. I think she did a very good job. She she strikes me as this as this type of defender that doesn't really come. I'm not gonna, the way I'm going to say it is properly incorrect, but she tries strikes me as a defender that properly doesn't want to defend throughout the whole match. She wants to be involved in making things happen for her team, and she's technically gifted enough to be able to do that. I think she has the, the capability, and I think the fact that you know you mentioned these two stats, she's directly involved in two of the America goals in this game. And if you go back and you look at her game against Cruz Azul, she did a lot of, you know, 
movements going forward with the ball without the ball i think she was making you know very good runs something you don't expect from a center back at all um but uh, you know I, I do i am a little bit hesitant about her kind of exploring the you, you know the other side of the pitch you know because i do wonder what that's going to do to you know the defense what spaces are we going to leave especially when we play teams like monterrey like Tigres, like chivas teams that are that are capable of, you know, exploiting us if those gaps are left. But I think in the meantime, in these matchups against a San Luis, you know, against a Cruz Azul team, against, a, you know, these weaker oppositions, quote-unquote, I, I do see her being okay to have the liberty to go forward. I don't mind that, but I do want to see a little bit more on the defensive side whenever these kind of big matches show up because I think we're banking on her to be that kind of solid rock for us in that uh in that aspect of the match, but you know, very well put, AJ. I think she deserves to be on that. You know, starting eleven for for this second week of the Liga Mekis Femenil, and I think you know she rightfully so deserves to be the player of the match for America in in the game against uh, San Luis. So, I mean, I, I guess it's a bit of a criticism in a way, but I, at the same time, I'm applauding her because I think she's done a really good job stepping into the role that she has to fill, and right away, I think. She hasn't really missed a beat in an America jersey. And these are two games in and she's already showcasing. So I don't know. Really good stuff, AJ. It's just really amazing. Like I honestly get the fan who can not only defend, but just able to just go out of her area like comfortably. It seems like as she's just running the ball, she, I think she was able to take on like a couple of San Luis defenders and just leave it to the dust. So like it really impressed me like how some of her stature, six foot, is just able to just like outrun some Atlético San Luis um players. I think that's I think that's something that she utilizes in order to make herself just go up front. Like some of the um players in this league are not I can say like really tall, but if you have someone like Orehel who is six foot, she's just able to just go by. And I feel like it may take one or two players to try to be able to stop her considering of her height and the strength. So I feel like she's utilizing that to actually just get out of her air and just trying to help out as you mentioned like as a defender who doesn't feel like defending but like the same time she does defend like i feel like once she does make the pass to the teammate she'll try to make her way back or if it feels like she can maybe get herself directly involved in um in an america goal she'll go up there was even a point i think where she did have a shot at atletico um san luis goalkeeper and she kind of laughed it off so i think it's like hey it's not a bad shot like i was actually really impressed to see like all the way up front. It kind of reminds me of Monica Rodriguez and the right back position where she's just capable of just going to the um, right-hand side, sometimes even up front to just have um, a shot of goal. So it's just really yeah. nice to just have a player like her, like a player like her on our team that's just able to do all these different things. Like she's versatile from what I've seen. I can, uh, who knows? Maybe at some point, considering how many passes she does, how she likes to move forward, perhaps she could um, share that center defense um, midfielder role with like with their, um, teammate Veronica Perez, which she used to play with at Cholos Femenil. It is interesting because you think about it and, you know, I mean, not to kind of compare players here, but I think she maybe strikes me a little bit of kind of an Edson Alvarez kind of player and the fact that, you know, as a center back, you saw very promising things, especially a center back that was capable of moving and going forward. I think now you look at someone like Edson and now he has, you know, the ability to play in that, like you mentioned, center defensive mid role, and he's able to be more of a creator for the teams that he plays for. So maybe Jocelyn could, in theory, over time, work her way into that role. But I think right now, America really needs her in that center back spot. 
because like I've mentioned before, she's not afraid to contest any ball. She will go at any player. And I think that showcases a lot of who she is. And I do want to ask one last question because I don't want to stick on Jocelyn the whole time. I know there's plenty more to cover in regards to this, but do you think that the fact that she's surrounded by Jen, by Janae, these kind of players from California, these players that, you know, she grew up with playing in regards to, you know, Jen and, you know, having this kind of connection with them and, 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 you know, having that interaction, someone to, to kind of talk to from home. Do you think that's made it so that she's acclimated so much more easier to the club that we've seen that we're seeing the best of her right away? I really think that's the case. Cause like whenever, if you're just any kind of new player going into a team, you always want to have like the sense that you could like have like some kind of like similar with the players. So you could just get themselves like more accustomed. Like you become friends. Then that person's probably like been there in the club who you just became friends could tell like everything about like, yeah, this is like, if they know their team is now, like, this is how they play, this is how they play, this is what you should do, maybe you should, you should not do. See, like, all these Mexican-American players on these teams, like, you just develop, like, a really huge bond between, like, all of them. And it's just nice just to just immediately just get herself um, accustomed with with yeah. um, her teammates here at America Femini. And consider that they have played against each other when she first arrived at the 2019 Apertura. like, she's already seen how some of the America Feminine players play as. So then, like, her for coming from Cholos to America now, it seems like the, she got easily acquainted with um, all of her teammates. Of course. I, I think you put it perfectly right there. So let's, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about someone else who maybe impressed you in this matchup besides Jocelyn. AJ, who else kind of stuck out to you? Who actually really caught your eye and were, you were really impressed in the performance that they had? Um, uh, so I mentioned from last week's podcast episode when I told um, uh, you, Dylan, and um, Christian, I was saying that my player to watch is Montserrat Hernandez. And she, by no, um, I um, know that she was able to just easily impress me. She had two um, assists in this game against Atletico San Luis. She happened to get three shots um, at a goal, though none of them went in. And she had 80% precision passing, um, which was 30, her 34 passes out of um, 41, which was really impressive. The crossing into Cassandra Cuevas was on point where Gus was just able to just jump into the air and just head it home. And then the back heel pass that she did to give it to Celine Valera to give her her second goal just absolutely made me go bonkers. Like, I just jumped right out of my chair and just like, what a winger that we have. What a player that we have on this team. And it's crazy to me that some people actually criticized her into saying like, she should not be in this club anymore. And just after seeing a game like that and, uh, and the ability that she displayed on the field, it's like, what game are you watching? You Do you really want her to go? So she really impressed me. She's been impressed me since like she first arrived into the America side. Yeah, she's definitely been someone to kind of keep your eye on. I mean, she's ridiculously fast. I mean, I would say that, you know, you put on a through ball, maybe a little bit too far ahead, you know, I feel like we all have that confidence in her to reach that ball. But like you mentioned, she's very precise in her passing. Quite the stat right there, too. That's not an easy number to get, especially as a winger. It's not an easy thing to do because you're going to be doing a lot of crossing. So, I mean, that says a lot about her and how precise she was on the day. Like you mentioned, the cross to that header, spectacular pinpoint accuracy right there. And then, like you mentioned, you know, that pass to Varela, she's really showcasing and kind of putting those, you know, doubters at – at, at ease and saying, you know what, 
I'm more than capable to represent this team and I'm more than capable to wear this jersey. So hopefully she can continue to perform because I think she had a good game against Cruz Azul. She definitely had a very good game against Atletico San Luis. And now the question is, can she keep it up? Because I think she's going to have to have a very good game against Cholos too, especially on the road. We're going to be looking at her to perform big in this matchup. Um, another player that I think did well, like you mentioned her, Varela, you know, giving herself that goal. Um, go. Oh, so yeah, Salim Valera, it's actually her very first goal debuting in an America jersey. So just me seeing when I saw Montserrat Hernandez do that back heel pass, I was actually, when the goal went in, I was like squinting my eyes at the teacher. I was like, wait, who scored that? I saw Salim Valera, I'm like, oh my goodness, her? She scored that golazo on like, I was like really happy for her because her um, older sister, Marcela Valera, also plays on this team. She has scored goals, which usually came from the box or McCorm. But just to see a right by Salim Valera just being able to have a shot at goal, and it happened to go right in, I was just really impressed at her. And she did really well defensively for her getting her first start for the season. Usually in that position where she plays at a right back, it's um, our captain, Monica Rodriguez, that's playing by guess. Maybe Goya wanted to give her a little break and give someone else who just recently arrived to make it to give her the chance. So when but when he um, put Valera on that spot, it seemed like Valera stepped up to game. She's like, I could definitely um, start the full 90 minutes. And she proved it with her defensive abilities and with that amazing golazo. Yeah, really good stuff from her. And, that, you know, round of applause to the whole team, actually, for that goal. I think it was, like you mentioned, a very, very good one. Now let's talk about players that actually didn't fulfill the roles that we wanted them to fulfill in this Atletico San Luis game. And I'm looking at two players specifically here. I'm looking at Jen Munoz and and uh, Campa. Talk to me a little bit about Campa because I know you're you're you know you're you're a big fan of hers and you highly praise her, but she just hasn't looked her same, especially playing out on the wing. Talk to me a little bit more about this new role or you know reprised role that she's taking on in regards to playing on that right hand side. And then uh, talk to me more a little bit about you know what's missing for her to kind of be more detrimental to this team? I think what I want to just say straight away, it's a forward playing, um, uh, is playing the role of a midfielder. It's like, it immediately like struck me with so much confusion, especially in the first game in Cruz. So she was playing as a midfielder. I'm like, why are we playing a forward who is really capable of just scoring goals, just like Daniel Espinosa in the midfield position. I'm thinking to myself, it's like, have they done this in train before? It's maybe during, her time in college or where she was playing at, was she able to play as a midfielder? But then like just seeing her play in midfield, it's just like, I think she's uncomfortable because there's times where she would pass a ball either too far with like too much power in which like Montserrat Hernandez is unable to get to the ball or to Danny Espinosa or to anyone that's trying to get to the ball. And then I feel like she would lose out sometimes in trying to get to the ball as well, I guess, because she has to get out of her position, try to go up on the wing, but I guess it's because she, I guess she doesn't want to give the sense like she wants to leave a gap exposed in the midfield. So it's just like, it's really confusing me to see like what Korea is trying to do. Like, is this some kind of experiment where it's like, they're trying to throw the, the um, opponents off by like putting a forward there where in reality, it's like, she's actually going to maybe like go up and maybe surprise with the goal. Just like, I think in the first game, like a, Apparently, it was like a 4 um uh, formation, but then in reality, it was like a 4-4-2 because we were seeing players like Montserrat and Hana on the left mid and right mid side. But just like, I don't feel like it's working. I feel kind of bad for Kampa because she's been subbed out during early on, like around like the 60th, like the 60th minute mark. So it just like really obsessed to like 
why we're putting someone that's not comfortable in that position, in that position, or like we have other players and that could definitely fulfill the midfielder um, position. But I guess maybe Cuellar just doesn't want to put her on. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, you, you kind of hear what Cuellar has to say in regards to this because it's not the, you know, we're not the only ones asking this question. They've asked it to him and he said that she's just reprising a role that she's known and she's played before. So, I mean, it's interesting that he's putting her in that position. But like you mentioned, I think this is kind of one of those situations. And again, it's not me wanting to compare players, but it's it's trying to, you know, put yourself in a situation where you kind of have to adapt. And the same thing that I've criticized Cordova for whenever he plays out on the yeah. left is I understand that there's kind of this sense of, okay, you don't get your best out of it on that, on that left-hand side or that right-hand side, you know, depending on the player we're talking about. But I think you have to adapt to what the coach wants you to do or needs you to do at that moment. And, um, you know, she hasn't really stepped up to the plate, and we'll have to wait and see whether she does in this next game. Because I yeah, I, still, I still think that she's going to start next game, you know, regardless of the fact that maybe she hasn't been performing the way we want her to. I think she's fulfilled somewhat of the role very well. And like you mentioned, there's other players that are more suitable that maybe can provide a little bit more but at the meantime i think you know koya is going to stick to it we're going to we're going to see this um see this team have minimal rotations hopefully because i really do want to see a, a starting 11 gel by like around week five week six i think we need to start being more consistent around that point but i think right now if he starts tinkering i don't think he's definitely going to take comp out of the out of the equation just yet mm-hmm but yeah, you also did mention about like Jennifer Munoz as well. It's like why she was struggling, or not? I guess to say struggle, but I guess I would like, say I, she was struggling in this game. I, I I do feel like she was struggling to kind of be more of an impact on this one. I don't really know why or or what it was, but I just I, even when she had the ball, it didn't seem as creative as usual from her. Uh, I, who knows what it is? Maybe she had an off game, but like we mentioned, you know, these are games where we need her to consistently step up. And, you know, she didn't for this one. But fortunately enough, like I mentioned, this team has depth. This team has talent in where if one maybe steps off for a bit, we have other players to kind of carry the weight. But a lot of this weight is shifted on Jen Munoz's shoulders. So she is going to have to kind of, you know, maybe kind of just ride this wave for this matchup and then pick it up against Trolls. Because like I mentioned, this Trolls matchup, not going to be an easy one. And we're looking at players like Jen Munoz, like Campa, like Jocelyn to come in and, you know, make big things happen for America on Monday. So, yeah, no, I, I, like you mentioned, I think it was really like an off game for Jennifer Munoz. Like she was getting herself some of the passes, but I feel like we were seeing more of the passes from her teammate Veronica Perez, where she was usually the one just um dishing out the passes. Maybe I guess they weren't just, I guess I think the San Luis weren't focused as much as on Jennifer Munoz, or maybe they actually were. Maybe perhaps that's why she wasn't really able to like be as creative or go up front because, we usually had we had um, Cassandra Cuevas or Daniela Espinosa or Monster, right? usually the ones like di- um, dishing out the offense. Sometimes, I guess maybe this is just like a game where Munoz could be like, just one bad game, like I'll get myself um, back into um, the next game against Solos or for the like for the rest of the season, like she'll be good again. But I guess like I guess it was an off game. We there's there's players that sometimes are just unable to just have like a decent game or just. They do the role that they are supposed to fill, but they felt like they can do. They feel like to them saying to themselves, they can do a better job in this case. But perhaps like see how next team it's going to be against Shola. I feel like at the, for next game against Shola, she's going to be like her usual self again. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. But you know, like 
we've mentioned, you know, Jen's the type of player that, you know, she'll kind of shake this off and then she'll try to give 110% on the following game. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Or maybe the solution to this is maybe she's got to come on the podcast every single time so that she consistently scores a goal every single game. I don't know. What do you think, AJ? I, I would like that. Uh, it will be my first time talking to her as well. So, if you need if you need to score a goal or just get back to your A game, just come on to the Eagle Eye podcast. Have a chit-chat. Hey. There you go, Jen. Formal invitation to come back on the podcast so you can go and start scoring yet again. But um, no, I mean, in all seriousness, I think at this point, I mean, it's an off game. And rightfully so, every player has the right to those. But um, it, it was a little bit odd because I, I thought that she was going to continue to, you know, have that cell performance like she did against Cruz Azul. You know, unfortunately, that just wasn't the case in this match. But like you mentioned, I think she will be back to her old self. Uh, in no time against this this uh, this upcoming match against Cholo. So, but AJ, uh, just let's wrap this up. And anything else to talk about in regards to this uh, uh, America San Luis game? I know we kind of dragged on a little bit about maybe some certain players, but I think at the end of the day, the team played well. The four three three came back, played paid dividends. We won, got all three points. Wasn't the best performance, like we mentioned. It's kind of the the sixty minute mark that we kind of have to worry about. But I think at the, you know as the season progresses, we're going to see these ladies kind of go on maybe into the 70, 80 until we get to that 90th minute mark where, all, you know, we're shooting at all cylinders. So, I mean, anything else to add on? It's nothing else, sir. I think we feel like we covered everything. Though there is one thing I would like to mention. We saw that uh, our midfielder, um, Hannah Gutierrez, was starting against Cruz Azul. But then when they announced the lineups and the substitutes for um this game against San Luis, she was not seen anywhere. It's actually because Guerra did confirm that um, Hannah Gutierrez was battling with um, food poison, which has left her out for threes, in which she was able to um, not train at all with the team. So, But I did receive news as well on Twitter that she will be returning. She has already returned back to training with the team, so it looks like she will be ready to play against Cholos um, on Monday. All righty. That's indeed very, very good news. Well, America walks away with all three points. That puts us at six points out of six in this one. As I mentioned, this upcoming match against Cholos is a very, very interesting one. And AJ will have a little bit more of the stats coming up of where both teams lie on the table and uh, how the season is looking for both of them so far. But let's talk a little bit about news surrounding the feminine camp this week. And talk to me a little bit more about what's been going on in social media, AJ. We know Janae's been uh, at the for- forefront of all of this. Well, tell me what's been going on with Janae and kind of why she's kind of been uh you know in the in the headlines oh she's been in the headlines recently because um she posted a photo in which she was holding the mexican uh, she was holding the mexican flag behind her and as we know she's a mexican-american player and then there's just some really nasty comments into saying that she's not considered to be she's not really considered to be mexican because of like how pale she looks or her lack of just her speaking um any kind of spanish but then it's just really wondering, like, is there really a definition of what it is to be considered a Mexican? So, like, it's just really bad to just see, like, such nasty comments thrown at Janae Gonzalez. But, like, we even see, like, on her YouTube videos, she's actually been learning more Spanish. She's learning how to speak it more, like, with her teammates, especially, like, she she would t- interact with, like, um, some of her teammates just speaking in Spanish. Like, she's giving it a- an effort. And she th- and then there was a comment Renata Maceiari said, "Like it doesn't matter that um where you're born. If you have, if you're Mexican, you're Mexican. So she has Mexican, she has um Mexican American parents. So 
it's really just discussed just to really just see comments like that just being thrown at her just like, oh, you look this pale, you can't be considered Mexican or you don't know any Spanish, you can't be Mexican. So it's just like, it's really nice to see that. But I'm just really happy to see that um, players just like her or anyone that could just relate to her, Mexican-Americans or just Mexicans, even her own teams were just giving her all of the support saying like, we have your back. Ignore those comments like you're Mexican no matter what. Yeah, look, I mean, this issue kind of goes a little bit deeper than just kind of one player. Um, I think it's, there's a whole kind of cultural look into uh, what people in Mexico see other Mexicans that are not from Mexico, right? To to some Mm -hmm. extent, we'll even say that they're not even Mexicans. Like, I'll put a perfect example, AJ. Myself, was born in Mexico brought here to the states had an upbringing here right so if i go over there i'm not gonna fit in right away because of you know i've been here the whole time i'm gonna have somewhat of of an accent to them and i'm not gonna be kind of accepted culturally from them right away um and i do think that is kind of an issue that is deeply rooted into the mexican culture that i think needs to change and will it change? I mean, who knows? But I think I think the girls are 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 doing their best to put, to kind of start this change and, and put it in in the right directions, because you know we're we're looked at as different as as foreigners when really we should be welcomed and and looked upon the same. And I think that's kind of what a lot of people are trying to argue is that look, we're exactly the same. You and I, sure, there might be sometimes a language barrier and. Maybe I have an accent or maybe I don't speak as well, uh, as good of Spanish. But if you come here to the States, I'm not going to alienate you. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to comfort you. Um, and I think that, you know, the roles are, are a bit reversed for them in the sense. And I, love, I mentioned, I'll put a perfect example, us here at the EY Podcast, whenever we were with Resaca America and we would, you know, do the live show, you would look at some of the comments um, <laughs> and some of the comments got a little nasty. Uh, got a, like you mentioned, like exactly with Janine, you know that there was a there was a lot of hate towards us covering the team in English. We were looked upon as non fans, you know. We were looked at as you know people that didn't know anything, or 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 aren't real Mexicans, or don't even know what they're talking about because we're not speaking their language. Um, and I do think that's kind of a little bit narrow minded of them to think of it like that. But like I mentioned, this is, this is something that's been deeply rooted into the culture. And I think it, it it's going to take some time to change, but you know, shout out to Janae, uh, shout out to all the girls who supported her. Um, I think she handled this very well, very professional. Um, you know, especially when, you know, they come and attack you in your own Instagram. So it's something kind of very personal, right? Um, it, it, it was good to see that, you know, she handled it very well. So shout out to you, Janae. Shout out to your teammates. Shout out to every single one of those people that were, uh, you know, supporting her and, and really, you know, telling her the truth because she is. She's Mexican. You know, she's representing the national team. She's representing America. She, you know, she's taking the time out of her day to go and continue to work on her Spanish and, and to accept the culture and, and all of that stuff and really embed herself more. So, again, shout out to Janae, who is um, the number one Taylor Swift fan. Uh, I'll, I'll just put it at that. So, shout out to you, Janae. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that pretty much does it in regards to news around Coapa or anything else to add on, AJ? 
there is one more thing. So um, during a press conference after the um, Atletico San Luis match, Leo Cuadra did um, receive a comment about um, uh, one of our newest signings, Ava um, Gonzalez, the Satan Hall University midfielder. He said that she is now officially registered with the team, though he says it's going to take at least, I guess, like 10 more days for her to get like fully accustomed. I hope to see that after um uh, the sh- um the Cholos game, I think she could just get herself herself ready into the next game. Who knows? Maybe she might start, or she might just be um featured on the bench. It's just a sign to, excited to see another Mexican American player onto this team that can get herself situated into this team and getting ready to help America Femenil out with their um future matches. Yeah, I mean, knowing Leo Coyar, she can probably just start right away, right? I mean, he's he's always been one to kind of just throw them out there. Um, but yeah, interesting. So, I mean, we can pretty much discard her for this upcoming game against Cholos. I mean, you know, she's registered, but I don't think she's going to, uh, even travel with the team. So let's, uh, let's actually, let's, let's go into that. Let's talk about that Cholos versus America Femenil matchup. AJ, talk to me a little bit more about how both of these teams are coming into this one. Well, mainly just Cholos. We know that the ladies are coming in with the, with the two goal, uh, with a two goal, with a two win cushion here and and rightfully so should be kind of motivated to play against cholos but it is a road game quite the road game so talk to me a little bit more about how cholos are coming into this one so they're coming to this game actually in 17th place so they're not doing oh so hot right now currently they're currently oh and two they have yet to get themselves a single win and then i've actually did some um research into how they're going into this game. So we've played against Cholos um, Family 10 times. America has come out winning eight, to- eight times. They've only drawn once, and we've only received one loss. And that one loss actually came from last season in which America lost 3-0. So it was a really tough time for... I feel like America's going to get into this game, and I feel like they're going to try to get that win, especially in that um, last season's um, game against Cholos Family. We were... We were using our second team, really, not to say like it's an excuse like to why we lost, but I feel like with the players that we had last season, we could have done something. But it's just that Rene Cuellar, Rene Cuellar was just really giving this team a really tough time, saying that we were using players that were either not in the positions that they usually played in, or it's just they really just were not really present against the Schultz Feminine game. So I feel like Schultz are really going to try to come into the game, though, to like, give America Femini another loss, but at the same time, America Femini are coming into this game wanting to beat them. They want to continue that uh, winning streak, go- that wins going against the um, Cholos. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at this one, it, it's quite the special matchup as well, too, because you have, you know, Jocelyn going back to kind of, you know, the whole Cholos team, and, you know, like you mentioned, you know, there's kind of this little Espinita that these girls have because of, you know, last season's results, so it should be an interesting one. Should be a definitely interesting one. AJ, talk to me a little bit more about this starting level that we could potentially see. And I mean, if it ain't broke, why fix it, right? I I, I would assume we're going back with this four three three. I honestly, I, that's the same thing I'm honestly going. With. I kept saying four four two, but it, I seem it seems at this point we're constantly play, we've already played four three three in two straight games so far. I'm just like, why not go with it four three three? What I got with my four, what I got actually the only. Real changes I got is coming at the right back um position and the goalkeeper position. I expect to see Neneta Messi already starting in this game. Actually, I guess say um since we're seeing different players that are coming into the starting eleven to get themselves a chance. I think this would be the perfect chance to give a player like Neneta Messi already the chance. So got her and um goalkeeper at left back. We have Jimena Rios. Our two centre backs are going to be Justin Orejel. 
And in Lausanne, at our right back is going to be our captain, Monica Rodriguez. In midfield, I got on the left side, I have Marlene Kappa playing in that position again. Um, in that center defensive mid kind of role, we're having Veronica Perez. And on the right um, uh, center mid side, I'm having Jennifer Munoz. And then up front, we have our left winger, Montserrat Hernandez. We're having a four, Cassandra Cuevas. And our right winger, we're having Daniela Espinosa. Okay, I agree with everything but the changing goalkeeper. Talk to me why. Why why suddenly change goalkeepers? Like you, we know how Cuellar is sometimes when he like like example, like I was confused like why um uh, against Athletic San Luis that Monica Rodriguez was in stardom was like was she injured? Was there something wrong? But no, she was just really just I guess sat on the bench just like guess for rest or something. Uh, but we have seen like goalies in the past for America Femini. We had like JD, we had Cecilia Santiago. We had um, uh, Renata Maciarelli playing. So I feel like this should be a time where I guess we should just switch things up just for once and then go back into with our starting goalkeeper. Because we only see Renata Maciarelli only play two games in America Feminine jersey. And for last season, she only really played the very first game of the scene, which is against FC Juarez. So I really feel like it should be a thing where I'm like, just maybe give her another chance. I don't know. I understand like, with goalkeepers, it's a completely different thing when you're just wanting to just um uh, substitute them with another one. I guess me, I'm just in favor, just knowing that there's a lot of goalkeepers in the Liga MX family that are trying to get themselves like to break through a team or just give themselves like a chance of maybe either prove to the manager to any other teams that I am worthy just um to start for a game for you. But I just feel like maybe like I feel like seeing Renata Masarelli in train like she's doing really well, and I feel like a lot of fans would really love to see her play. Not to say JD Gutierrez is doing anything wrong. No doubt about it. She's doing an amazing job, but maybe just give her maybe just like a one game break. Gives um Maserelli a go and then after that just put her back um into that starting goalkeeper. What do you think, Ivan? Um I think it'd be a mistake. I think it'd be a huge mistake to rotate goalkeepers, especially in an in away game like Cholos. Um I think this is a game in which you need kind of your all your all your defense to kind of be in sync, and we've seen from America that they have this kind of lapse in concentration sometimes. So I feel like you need all your starting players in that role. Um, I I get where you're coming from in regards to that we've seen Coyar be a little bit adventurous sometimes with the rotations, especially with the goalkeeper position. But like Dylan has mentioned before on the podcast, it was due to JD being injured. It was due to you know JD uh, having a little bit of a knock here and there. I don't think JD's in that situation right now, so I I, I don't see why we would even consider putting JD on the bench for this game, especially. Especially, like I mentioned, in a road game, it's, it's it's such a long travel as well. It's not an easy travel to to make as well for for these ladies. So, I would I would imagine that Coyar sticks with uh, with uh, with JD and goal in this one. You know, will we ever see the other goalkeepers play? That's really going to be up to Coyar, and it's really going to have to be depending on the rival. So, I mean, it just depends. I think you might be right about that too with JD because I do know that. There are times where she would tweet where it seems like, I guess she's responding, like not really, I guess, like truly like respond to the fans, like saying son, because I think there was actually one time when they were saying for week one, where I make a fan plays against Kusud, they were naming like, who's the best player of the match, Jennifer Munoz or Montserrat Hernandez. And I think G did put out the Twitter was like kind of seeing some kind of comment that 
I'll make sure that all of you like remember me. So it kind of seemed like she maybe got some kind of jealousy. But then, I, like you did mention, like last season, we all were having Heidi Gonzalez playing that goalkeeper position because JD was injured. But then it seemed like she kind of like started like tweeting um sad tweets where it felt like she was maybe going to start losing her goalkeeper <laughs> position or something. I remember seeing that last season. I'm like, is she okay? And I remember there's like fans like on Twitter comforting her saying like everything's going to be okay. And I told her like. I even too, I was like, same thing. Like, don't stress it out too much. I'm like, everything's going to be okay. But I think that's what it was. Maybe because like we had Heidi Gonzalez who was doing amazing for most things that she started in. And I guess like the one game that JD did come back to where she was fully healthy, it was against um Cholos in which they got battered 3-0 completely. So I feel like coming into this year, I feel like she wants to like, say to the fans and to like to everyone criticize like I'm gonna be your starting goalkeeper whether you like it or not and I'm gonna prove it to everyone that I'm like the the best goalie in America feminine. Yeah it it's she's gonna have a tough job to do but uh, like you mentioned I think she's trying to come back for for that game specifically like you mentioned you know she came back against Cholos conceded three goals I think she has a little bit of a revenge ticket hold you know ready for this matchup so i'm excited to see her play and hopefully like i mentioned Cuellar sticks to kind of you know her in goal i really I, like i mentioned that you know at the preview of the season i don't want to see goalkeeper rotation anywhere anywhere at all so hopefully uh hopefully jd sticks around stays healthy and she continues to perform the way she's been performing because I, I i don't i don't really see anything wrong with her performances as of as of uh how the season's going i know we're just two games in but i I, I don't really see her, you know, making any real mistake at all. So hopefully she does end up getting the start against Cholos. Now, uh, talk to me a little bit more about this matchup. Who do we need to step up in these moments? I know I've mentioned Jocelyn. I know I've mentioned uh, Jen. And I know I've mentioned uh, Gampa. But tell me, any other player that needs to step up in this matchup? It's kind of difficult. Like, I feel like every player is just really, like, doing their jo- their job, like, the way they're supposed to in the position they're playing. But I guess, like, one I really would like to see, though, as you mentioned, Gampa, I kind of really want to see her step up. Yes, it's she's playing in that midfielder role, which it seems like she looks uncomfortable. But I guess maybe it's time to start embracing that role and just say, I'll play like a, I'll play like a midfielder. I want what Goyer wants me to do. I will do my very best to fulfill that role. Like, I know there's some there's a makeup feminine players in the past where they're like put in like certain positions where I'm like it's not gonna work out somewhere well. Some of them did prove me wrong. Like we had an example like Des- like former America feminine player Destiny Buron, who is now at um uh, Toluca Feminine. She is originally a midfield, but she actually did play in a forward position and we saw her able to score capable of scoring goals. So I feel like in this case, maybe with Marlene Campa, she should just be able to just help her team out, make, create those plays, make those passes, deliver a cross or two, and just trying to help her teammates out in order to secure this um, uh, show, um against this win against Scholz Fanny. She didn't even feature last time against um, Scholz Fanny, which I'm not missing. It was due to an injury. Um, Same thing with um, Jennifer Munoz and players like that. She, like, she wasn't even on, on the um team last season against Cholos Femini, which was um I think it was due to um uh, to a call up to the Mexico national team. So I would love to really see players like um Munoz and Kappa like really step up to the plate this time and do what they do best in order to help their team um their team out. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see exactly. But I think you know if these players come and show up and I think you know Cholo's struggling the way that they have been 
So I, I think this is a matchup where America Family comes in and they have to demonstrate what they're capable of doing and, you know, walk away with all three points and hopefully a very good margin of goals because, like we mentioned, your competition out there, they're scoring for fun. And I think at this point, you should be doing the same, you know? So uh, hopefully the ladies are coming out with everything that they got and they know that they need all three points. Like we mentioned, you know, the season maybe isn't as... Uh, as rough as other ones before, but I, like I really want to see them come out here and just completely, completely win. Um, so I mean, who knows what uh, who knows what happens? But again, Monday will kind of determine all of that for us. So AJ, talk to me about uh, your prediction coming into this one. What do you think is going to happen at the end of ninety minutes? You know what? I'm gonna go with a four zero victory. I definitely feel okay. like we're very adventurous, aren't we here? I'm, I feel like we're definitely capable of just scoring many goals. Maybe they could just be just because I'm seeing um Sherlock Semi just strolling to just get anything going. And I feel like with the loss of players like Veronica Perez and Jocelyn Orahel too, I feel like that's maybe that could be a reason so that's to why Shuttles are just really struggling. So I got myself going like with that four zero victory. I'm gonna go with a bridge from Daniela Espinosa and I'm gonna go with a bridge with Cassandra Cuevas. That is, though, like, if these two players are going to start. I'm sure Daniel Espinosa is going to start, but who knows? Maybe we won't see Cuevas um, starting up this time. Maybe come off of the bench like she did um, last time. Well, it's an interesting scoreline. Um, I would hope that it is a 4-0 victory. But, look, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting matchup. I will say this, though. We know that every team is going to come out here and play, like, you know, it's it's a do or die game for them because they're going up against America. And usually when America is on the pitch, we see the best of all these other players because they see that America logo and they're like, you know what? I'm going to step up to the plate. So hopefully these ladies understand this and know that they have to come out with everything. And from the get go, just go at them. I, I think an early goal would definitely be crucial for that scoreline to actually happen. But I think as the minutes drag on, we might see these ladies find themselves a little bit more of a difficult time to try to, you know, get themselves going. And and look, we haven't even mentioned the fact that they're playing on artificial grass, right? They're playing on turf. That's never an easy thing, especially, you know, coming from two games where you're just accustomed to playing on grass. So it will be an interesting thing whether or not, you know, these ladies can adapt to the artificial, you know, grass real quickly or it's if it's going to take some time. And it's, it's not an easy thing to kind of get used to. So the ball's going to roll a lot more faster. You got to be a little bit more precise. Fortunately for us, you know, we have a player like, you know, uh, Jocelyn, who's very accustomed to playing in that stadium and in that grass. You know, a lot of Mexican-Americans who played at the college level, most of them did have to play on turf as well. So hopefully that's going to, you know, give us a bit of an advantage. But we'll have to wait and see. But interesting scoreline prediction right there. (laughs) 4-0. I'm going to go with a 2-0 victory. I think you walk away with a a good, comfortable win. I just want to see the ladies go out, play their game. and. Around that 60 minute, I don't want to see fatigue, although I would understand it at that point. You know, the travel, uh, the uh, the turf, uh, just, you know, everything going on. But I do want to see them kind of, you know, push on and maybe see them be a little bit more fatigued around the 70, 80th minute. I'd be a little bit more comfortable with that. But I mean, who knows? Like we mentioned, we'll wait and see on uh, on Monday. I think you mentioned about the, the fatigue part. This is something that has actually got me like slightly worried for this team more because like coming up against Atlético San Luis, um, uh, Guayar only made two substitutions, and I know that the rule is now that we're able to make five substitutions. We had players available for that. We had like 
players like um, Zara um, uh, Morales, Janae Gonzalez, Dalia Molina, Renata Huerta, Monica Rodriguez, um, Marcela Valera. I'm just wondering, like, why Correa is not making these changes? Like, perhaps that could be the reason, like, why the players are starting to get really fatigued in the 60-minute mark. And I don't think they haven't even done a water break for that match, too. That can maybe be one of the reasons why. So, coming into but the I don't, struggle, I don't, I don't think at that point you have you can even use it as an excuse. I think you should be at this point you know, prepared for, you know, these long stretches of the match. So I just want to see them be a little bit more uptight with that. You know, I get it. Sometimes some players run a little bit more than others and it's going to show around that minute, but hopefully, you know, they they catch that second wind and, you know, they keep on going, moving forward. So we'll have to wait and see, but there is our prediction for the matchup and that game. Are we going to be able to watch it on through the end, AJ? So, no, I looked up at the website. It says that it's unsure where it's going to be at, but I do have the information here as um, it's going to be played on August 31st on a Monday at 8, 8 p.m. Eastern time. I did happen to see that last season, um, Cholos have uploaded um, uh, live games of the Cholos Feminist game. So I would assume they do the same thing here where I was just suggest checking up on um, uh, the Cholos YouTube page and see if they're going to be uploading there because that's what they did last time. You could try to check out on Facebook too, because I know the femi- uh, America Feminine, they only did the preview show, but they did receive a lot of comments. So the um, uh, moderators on Facebook saying that like, you should just put the game up here on YouTube or on Facebook. And then in the 12 minute mark, they actually pulled the full game up. So I would just concern just keep checking on um, Facebook and check the Shuttle's um, YouTube page to see if, um, to see if they're going to upload the, um, the games. If so, then that's where you can be able to watch the match. Definitely. Well, AJ is going to be on link hunting duty on Monday. He's going to be very occupied uh, in in that. But yeah, he's also going to be able to get you guys up to date with everything going on in regards to Lady Aguilas. So make sure you guys follow us over on Twitter at Eagle Eye Podcast. And if for whatever reason you cannot watch the game, you can always follow it live through our feed on that platform. So again, AJ match is going to be on Monday, August 31st. 7 p.m. I'm um, excuse me, 7 p.m. Central Ta- Central Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, and then like you mentioned, 8 p.m. Eastern. Again, we're gonna try to get you guys a link going for that one. But of course, catch everything of the Lady Aguilas over on our Twitter and Instagram. All right, AJ, I think we've kind of wrapped it all up here. Anything else to mention before we kind of skedaddle out of here? Um, uh, I might might as well make this a thing now. You're an America f- um, fan. You love the feminine. Get yourself a jersey. Put um, a, a player from the feminine on the back of that jersey and support women's soccer. Please. Much appreciated. All righty then. Okay then. Well, there you guys have it. Again, Twitter, Instagram, at Eagle Eye Podcast. And then uh, we'll be in touch and talk all things Lady Aguilas again next week. And hopefully the ladies have given us quite the scoreline. For no, AJ. I'm For confident. No, huh? They're going to do it. Very confident. All righty then. Well, let's hope that comes to fruition. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have a wonderful night. Stay safe. Please stay safe out there. Wear your masks. And as always, uh, we'll be in touch over on Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you guys very, very soon. Until next time, as always, take care. Y arriba la América. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.